Amen. That's it. Hasn't God been good to us? $75,000 away from uh, getting this paid for, and uh, I just believe in my heart it's going to be paid for, Brother Blake, by the end of the summer. I think God's going to send the money in, and if not sooner, amen, and uh, nothing is too hard for God. Y'all believe that? I think our Jubilee costs $72,000 this year. And uh, that's enough, if you pause and think about it, that's enough to give any of us a heart attack. But yet the Lord took care of it, didn't he? Amen. Paid every bill, took care of everybody that came in. And uh, you know where God guides? He always provides. Amen. And uh, I praise the Lord for that. If you're able to stand with us tonight, Psalms chapter 34. And uh, appreciate all the good singing. And uh, it's good to be back uh, at Bible Baptist Church, isn't it, on a Wednesday night. And uh, I was in... Uh, Campobello, South Carolina, Monday and Tuesday, and uh, I tell you, uh, a very adventurous uh, two days, I can say that, uh, to say the least, and uh, me and my wife has probably laughed more in the last two days than we have in the last ten years, but uh, we had a good time. Serving God's good, isn't it? Amen? Uh, my worst day living for God is a thousand times better than my best day living for the devil any day. Amen? And I'd rather be an old-time Christian as anything I know. And it's so good to have this couple visiting with us all the way from Oregon. Amen? And uh, this dear pastor and his wife that has come with uh, Dr. Ellis and Sister Ellis tonight, we're so thankful you are with us. Amen? And uh, I appreciate them taking time to be in the service with us tonight. Amen. Psalms chapter 34 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast, and the Lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and deliver them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not of one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trusteth in, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence once again, Lord, we come before the throne of grace and mercy in Jesus' name. God, we realize tonight that we have no ability or power within ourselves. As Lord, it's already been stated tonight, outside the grace and the mercy of God, we know where we would be at. I pray now, Father, that you'll touch and bless the reading of thy word. I pray as it goes forth tonight in our hearts that we will receive with meekness the engrafted word. And, O oh God, may you be glorified, may your Son be magnified, and may the church 
be edified tonight. And God, for what you do, we'll thank you, we'll praise you, and we'll love you. For we ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject, on God will take care of you. Amen. God will take care of you. When I think about Psalms chapter number 34 tonight, this psalm here is uh, uh, in connection with 1 Samuel chapter number 21. And if you know the story there in 1 Samuel chapter 21, uh, you know that David is on the run from Saul and he goes down uh, to a little city by the name of Nod and he meets uh, Ahimelech, the priest, and he comes before him uh, desiring food and he needs a weapon. He needs some help. And it's in that hour that though David was seeking after a spear uh, that Ahimelech gave him the Goliath's sword. And then David does something that's very unusual. He goes to the very one place uh, uh, that you would think that he ought not go and that he would have enough sense not to, and that is he goes to Gath, the very place that uh, Goliath was from and that that sword had uh, came out of was the very place that David went back to. You know, sometimes when we're running in our own strength and our own ability and we're not trusting in God, uh, we can make some very foolish decisions, can't we? Uh, when we're right with God, we look at it and we say, well, how would anybody in their mind make such a foolish decision? But whenever you and I get out of the bounds of the Scriptures and we get out of the will of God, uh, we're subject to do things that just don't make sense. Amen? And that's exactly what David does in 1 Samuel 20, uh, 21. And as he goes before the king uh, in an attempt to try to save him on self, he pretends to be mad. You know, anytime you've got to pretend to be something or do something, you ought to question whether or not you're in the will of God. And so David is pretending to be a madman. And it's because of this that the king there uh, runs him out or drives him out of town. Uh, and David finds himself in Psalms chapter, or in 1 Samuel chapter 22, he finds himself in the cave of Adullam. And it's in that cave there in chapter 22 and verse number 2 that him and some 400 men uh, that the Bible says that were in debt and distress and in discontentment that they all gather themselves in that cave and it's where David wrote this psalm here and he begins to write now because now David is coming to his senses amen what David is realizing is that in all the strength and all that he can do that everything the very best he can do will surely fail but what God does will never fail amen I want to encourage you tonight I don't know where you're at don't know what you're facing or where you're at in your Christian life. But I'm glad, thank God, there's an old promise tonight that's found in the Old Testament and it's still real in the new. And it's one that we can hold on to today. And that is that our God will take care of you. Amen. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the resources is. It doesn't matter what the circumstances is. It doesn't matter if the odds are stacked against us tonight. I'm telling you, God, from the Garden of Eden all the way through the book of Revelation, he specializes uh, in the stepping down in the middle of nothing uh, and making everything out of it. Amen. Yeah. God knows how to take care of every one of us tonight. So when we think about this, uh, David writes Psalm chapter 34 and this psalm can very easily be divided into two categories. Uh, in verses 1 through 10, uh, it deals with that of devotion. And then in verses 11 throughout verse number 22, it deals with that of doctrine. Amen. 
time. You see, David is a student in the verse t- first 10 verses, uh, but he becomes the teacher in the last verses. Uh, he said, in fact, in verse number 12 uh, or verse number 11, he said, Come, ye children, hearken unto me. Notice what he says here. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Amen. You see, before you can teach somebody the fear of God, uh, you've had to walk in it and learn it yourself. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7 says uh, uh, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Amen. And I think if we're going to know anything about God and if we're going to know anything about serving God, uh, it begins uh, with you and I fearing the Lord. Amen. Amen. David said in another psalm, what time I am afraid? He said, I will trust in thee. And brother, that's what David does in these psalms here. And I want you to notice two things about David tonight, and we'll be through. I want you to see David's worship tonight. It's seen in the first 10 verses. And then I want you to see David's witness. Amen. And we may spend more time on the first part than what we will on the latter part just because of time. But I want you to notice David's worship. You say, Brother Gravely, why is worship so important? I'll tell you why it's important because you'll never be an effective witness uh, until you become an effective worship. Amen? Or worshiper, should I say. You and I have got to have our worship right. And God will use the trials and the troubles of life uh, to teach us the sincerity that there is in worship. Amen? You see, it's one thing to worship God with your hand. And I believe you ought to. I believe you ought to raise your hand in the sanctuary like Psalms 134. And verse number 2 says, Oh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord all you people of the Lord I think you ought to say amen when you go to church uh, because the Bible says two times and let all the people say amen isn't that right and so we ought to worship but it's one thing to worship with our hand but it's a whole different thing when we worship with our heart amen because my friend that's where true worship lies uh, and that's where true worship begins Uh, it begins uh, in the heart of a Christian amen and so David in this psalm here in the blackness of this cave surrounded by these men on the run my friend as a fugitive he begins to worship and I want you to notice in verse number one that David's worship is intentional amen his his worship was intentional notice how this psalm begins he said I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth and I'm going to tell you something when David wrote that verse he wasn't on the back side of a prairie somewhere with a few sheep played his harp uh, but he was running literally for his life uh, he was in the blackness of that cave uh, and David you know how he worshipped God he worshipped him on purpose amen David just ca- he just called time out from all the running and all the bad decisions he had made uh, and David said you know what it doesn't look too good for me right now it doesn't look like I'm going to get the throne back it looks like popularity has turned against me it looks like the kingdom has turned against me it looks like it's been given to another and David looked around and said I don't have much but in the blackness of this old cave David said I'm going to own purpose I will worship the Lord he said I will bless the Lord at all times Do you know tonight God is worthy to be praised every day of our life amen worship does not depend upon my circumstances it doesn't depend on the mood that I'm in it doesn't depend on anything around me the truth is God deserves to be worshipped amen and God created man for worship isn't that right you young people listen to me tonight God created you for worship 
And a man will worship something. He'll either worship the true and living God or he'll make a God out of something or anything he can in this world. Some people worship the God of sports. Amen. Some people worship the God of NASCAR, of basketball, of baseball, of football. They give themselves wholly to that. Some people worship the lake or they worship the woods. Some people, listen, they worship their job. We can make a God out of anything. I tell you, if you really want to get hooked up in the right way, you get a hold of God in old time religion and worship God on purpose. Amen. And David's worship was intentional. And then I see here that David's worship was inward. Notice what he said in verse number two. He said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. You see tonight the soul, that is the seat of our emotions. That's our will, our mind, our understanding. When you think about it, God made man body, soul, and spirit. Isn't that right? And when Adam sinned in the garden, uh, listen, he died immediately in his spirit. He he died progressively in his soul. uh, And then he died ultimately in the end in his body. Amen. And But God made man body, soul, and spirit. Uh, And you take a vegetable tonight, it has a body, but it does not have a soul. does not have a spirit. Isn't that right? Uh, But you take a dog, it has a body. It's soulish. uh, It has a a thought process. It has uh, feelings. It has emotions. Uh, Listen, it it has a will of its own, uh, but it does not have a spirit. Isn't that right? But man is a body, soul, and a spirit. Uh, That spirit is that part of us uh, that allows us to know God. It allows us to enjoy God, but it also allows us to worship God. Amen? And David, you know what he did? With with his own mind, with his own will, with his own emotions, with his own soul, uh, because his spirit had at one time knew God, enjoyed God, and worshiped God, uh, David said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, from the recesses of my soul, from the inwardness of my body, my spirit, uh, David said, I'm going to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. You see, tonight, you and I have the responsibility. Our worship must be sincere. You see, I think we ought to praise God when we go to church. And we ought to do it no matter how we feel. But we ought to prepare a heart when we go to church. I know you have to work and and you work throughout the week and and you work all day on Wednesday and you take care of children and you come to church and sometimes it's all you can do to get here. But I tell you, between here and there, wherever here is to there, you ought to prepare your heart. You ought to put a good CD in. Amen. You ought to listen to some singing on your way to, uh, to the house of God from work to church. Uh, you say, well, preacher, I've just had such a rough day, I don't feel like it. You know what I found out? Uh, Brother Ronnie, when I don't feel like it, that's when I need it the most. Amen. And if you'll, feel, if you'll go ahead and listen to it when you don't feel like it, guess what? In a few minutes, you'll feel like it. Amen. And then you don't need three songs in a special to get you tuned up. Uh, Uh, just so you can go to church, amen? I'm telling you, friend, we only get out of church what we put into it, and we've got to start in here, not in here, amen? And we've got to prepare our hearts uh, before we ever get to the house of God uh, and come ready with a mind, a will, a soul that is ready to worship God, amen? And so David's worship was inward. David's worship was intentional, but then I see that David's worship was inspiring. Notice what he said here. He said in verse number two, the humble, amen? Now that's the saved, amen. He said, the humble shall hear thereof. And look what it says. They'll be glad. Now I've been in some churches. When people got happy, people got mad. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I've been in church when people started shouting and testifying that people didn't like it too well. 
And I'm going to be honest with you. When people get excited about being saved, when they get excited about going to heaven, when they get excited about the Word of God, then you and I ought to get in there with them. Amen? It ought to inspire us. He said, the humble shall hear thereof, and they'll be glad. You know, it always thrills me to watch somebody get a blessing. Amen? I mean, we're not putting on. We're not performing. I understand that. And I'm telling you, when somebody gets a blessing and somebody gets up and shouts and praises God, I tell you the best, if I can at all possible, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to scotch them up. Amen? I'm going to throw some amens in there with them. I'm going to raise my hand with them. I'm telling you, friend, listen, I'm not going to sit there and look at them like they're crazy, like they lost their mind. The Bible said the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Amen? I've been in church where somebody get excited and testify. You know you see everything up here. Y'all know that, don't you? Okay. I know y'all see everything from there, but I see everything from here. And I've seen people get mad at each other in church and somebody get to testifying and, and this person get a blessing, but then their enemy, their arch rifle, got to testify. And all of a sudden, their spirit died. You know you're not right with God when you're like that. Can I get an amen? You don't turn worship on and off like a faucet. Come on now. I'm telling you, brother, if you're right with God, if somebody gets up and praises the God that you love and the God that you serve, I know he's not going to do it. But I'm telling you, if it was the devil himself, you ought to shout amen if it's true. Amen. I know he can't tell the truth, but I'm just telling you, friend, I wouldn't let nothing or nobody get in my way of worship. I wouldn't hold a grudge. I wouldn't let some ounce of bitterness or jealousy or pride or envy or something get down in the crevices of my soul that hindered my worship. I want to go to church and be free, don't you? I want to go to church, friend, and put my eyes on him and see no man save Jesus only. Friend, he's worthy to be worshipped and we should inspire one another in our worship. Amen. Now what that means is when the preacher's preaching, you got to get with him, hallelujah. You don't have to act like me, but y'all act like something. Amen. Y'all act like you're saved, amen? Y'all act like you're breathing, hallelujah. I don't care if you've worked all day in the noonday sun and hadn't had a drink of water all day long. You ought to put a little bit into it, amen? I'm telling you, don't make the preacher work by himself. Don't make the singers work by themselves. I mean, you ought to get in there and say, brother, say on, hallelujah. You ought to shout them on. You ought to help them. Can somebody say amen? That means even when the pastor's gone. Can I get an amen? I'm not impressed by a dead service. Somebody say amen to that. Brother, when I'm gone, I'm praying that God will bless Bible Baptist Church. I'm not tying people to me. I don't want it to be about me because I know I'm nothing. Amen. I'm telling you what, if I'm not here, God's a whole lot bigger than I am. He don't need me and he don't need you. But we ought to desire to have a good service every time the doors are open. And my friend, we can have one if we'll just put something into it. Amen. I know you've heard me tell this. I've told it a thousand times somewhere, as I'm sure I've told it here. I was preaching in a church one night, and the only one helping me was a little boy sitting on the front row. And would you believe the pastor leaned over and went, shh. I stopped preaching. I said, Lord, don't stop him. I said, he's the only one backing me up right now. And I'm telling you, listen, everybody can smile, can't they? Everybody can nod their head. It inspires people. Whenever other people say amen. When the man of God preaches on sin, that's a time to say amen. 
Don't, don't, get, don't shout on salvation and the second coming and then when he starts preaching on sin, get quiet, amen? That's when you really ought to back it up because that's when everything's on the line, amen? That's when these young people need to know that it ain't the preacher just up there hammering something all by himself, but the whole church believes the Bible. The whole church believes. You know what you're doing? You're reinforcing, you're strengthening. When the preacher's preaching and you say amen, when the singers sing and you say amen, you are reinforcing what has been said. Boy, what a privilege that is, to go to church and help the man of God out and reinforce what he is saying. Amen. What God said in this book, his worship was inspiring. His worship was inviting. Notice what he said in verse number three. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. Now look at that together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us. That's everybody. Exalt his name together. That's a group effort tonight, isn't it? You know what? David's worship was inviting. David wasn't all about David. Amen. David wasn't about people seeing him. David wanted everybody to get in on what David was getting in on. Remember, David again is in this cave and he's writing this psalm. And it's in this psalm that he looks around at those soldiers and said, Hey, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I know the odds are against us. I know everything looks bad. But he said, Fellas, God's going to take care of us. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. And I don't know where he's going to do it. But David is leaning on that everlasting arm that'll never fail. I'm here to tell you tonight, there is an unseen hand that walks and guides us through this weary land and when I don't know which way to go I'm glad thank God his hand stays between me and hell it's a guiding hand it's a loving hand tonight thank God it's a hand that feeds us it's the hand that leads us tonight and we ought to worship him oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together I'm talking about his worship was inviting we ought to invite people to worship. Amen. Yeah. You know, I like to be around those Christians that they like to talk about the Word of God. Yes, Have you ever been around somebody and when you left their presence, they didn't know this and you didn't tell them. But when they, you left their presence, you felt stronger spiritually because they didn't have anything bad to say, anything negative to say. They, they exalted the Scriptures, the Lord. That's the way, that's what the Bible teaches us. To let all corrupt communication which proceeded by mouth. He said to, to let all that uh, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Amen. He said that our, our speech is to minister grace unto the hearers. And what that means tonight is that what I say to you and what you say to me, we ought to build each other up. It ought to exalt the Lord. It ought to encourage our faith and iron sharpen and irons what it ought to do. It ought to strengthen our inner man. And David's worship was inviting. And then notice in verses 4 through 6, David's worship was individual notice what he said in verse number four he gets real personal he said I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears they looked unto him talking about his fears and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles you know what David is doing here his worship is individual you see David begins to worship God with determination 
he begins to encourage others to worship God with him. But in the midst of David's worship, it gets real personal to David because it reflects back on a time in his life when he sought God and the Lord heard him and delivered him. He said, not out of a, not from all of his or some of his fears, but from all of his fears. Do you know for every fear that you have, God's got a way of deliverance? Amen. God don't have to change one circumstance to take our fears away tonight. Amen. The Bible says the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm telling you, friend, how many times has God taken this old black back book when it seemed like we was overwhelmed with fear, but you opened the pages of the Word of God and God ministered to your soul. He fed your spirit. He lifted your heart. He lifted your head because the Word of God, He just helped you in that time of trouble. Amen. That's what God can do tonight. And that's what worship does. You see, I think one of the reasons the devil robs us of our worship is because he knows if he can silence the church, the church not only loses its joy, but with that we lose our victory. When the church has victory, guess what? Things get a little noisy around the house of God. Amen? Now, I don't think there is, but if there's a Methodist here tonight or a Presbyterian, and I, I, I love good Methodist folks and Presbyterian folks, but can I be truthful with you? I wouldn't want to go to church there. Amen. I'm telling you, I want to go where they, number one, believe exactly what I believe. But number two, I want to go where there's a little bit of life. Amen. And where there's some joy. It's not the deeper you go, the drier you get. Y'all believe that? Y'all don't believe that, do you? I'm talking about the deeper you go, the more blessed you get. The more you love him. Amen. The songwriter had it right when he said, the longer that I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Amen. And the older we become as Christians, not the more sour should we get, but the more happier we ought to be, the more joyful we ought to become as we come to the near, the ending of the journey. We know that our race may about been run, but glory awaits us on the other side. Family and friends and loved ones and a Savior that we have sung about and loved and preached about is waiting on the other side. I like that old song that says heaven is sounding so sweeter all the time. And friend, can I tell you tonight, that's what worship ought to do for us. It ought to be individual. It ought to be personal to every single one of us. You see, if God was to bless Brother Laddie tonight, I could enjoy that. I could raise my hand to that. And I could shout with him, and I ought to. But I tell you, I like it when God blesses Brother Laddie. And I'm just amening him, and I'm, I'm happy to see him get blessed. But I like it when it starts getting personal to me. Yeah. Something he starts saying starts reminding me of something God did for me. Amen. And all of a sudden, his testimony becomes my testimony, and my testimony becomes your testimony. Don't you like it when church is like that? Now, if nobody don't testify, I'll just call them somebody. Y'all know that, amen? amen? Because I don't like it quiet, dead quiet in the house of God. I mean, that makes me nervous. Does that make y'all nervous? Uh, when I mean there's just that pause of about two minutes and nobody's saying nothing and the singers, they're fumbling around trying to find a song, you know? Or find, I don't like that, amen? We're going to do something while we're here. If I got to call on somebody, somebody's going to say something good about the Lord because we're not going to waste one minute and we're not going to give the devil any opportunity 
to work. Isn't that right? Uh, but I'll tell you what, I really like it. I like it when God steps down in a song or a sermon or a service. Uh, I'm telling you, they're popping up like popcorn uh, and ain't nobody got a complaint about it. They ain't nobody got a sad story. But everybody's standing up saying, man, I'm telling you, God's been so good to me. Well, I ought to be in hell. I ought to be have my back broke. I ought to be in a gutter somewhere. I ought to be laid out somewhere out of my mind. Oh, but for the grace of God. Oh, but for the mercy of God. Aren't you glad tonight that you're sitting in church on a Wednesday night? Your life could be in shambles. Your home could be broken apart. But I'm telling you, God, in His providence and in His sovereignty, grace came to where you were. And thank God lifted you out. And you're on your way to heaven tonight. I praise and bless His holy name. He's good to us tonight, isn't He? Amen. Boy, I thank Him for that. I'm glad you're in a church where people can shout. Amen. Amen tonight. I'm saying our worship ought to be individual. You see, sometimes worship is just simply going back down memory's lane. You know why you feel so good sometimes like that? Because you remember. You remember where you used to be. You remember there's stories that we all tell that we've told a thousand times. I was in a church not too long ago. And I started to give a testimony before I preached. And, and uh, boy, I, the devil, he said, now don't tell that. Has he ever told you that? And I was going to tell about when I got saved. And the devil sat right there and said, now don't tell that. You, you tell that all the time. People's heard that and heard that. They don't want to hear that. Just get up and preach your message and, and go on. But I didn't have my message on my heart that night. I just had the fact that I was going to hell. And somebody knocked on my door. On a Saturday morning, gave my mom and dad a gospel track and invited our family to church. You've heard it a thousand times. I ain't got nothing new to tell you. But I'm telling you, it's still good to waller in it every now and then. Ain't that right? You ever just went back down to the day God saved you? You remember what you looked like before God saved you? Remember how you acted before God saved you? Some of y'all never don't know anything about that, and that's wonderful tonight. But I'm telling you, as stooped in sin as any drunkard or any prostitute, sitting there dead and destined without God. You remember how that was uh, when you had no God spirit and no God conscience? Uh, I'm telling you, remember the day when he came to your pew? Uh, he came to where you was at. Uh, you remember that time when God came to where you was? Uh, and there's no reason why you ought to be in church on a Wednesday night uh, other than the fact God took the initiative. I'm not a Calvinist tonight. I'm glad before I went looking for God, I sure am glad he went looking for me. I'm glad it didn't surprise him. He knew where I'd be at. He knew to send the right message. He knew to send the right person. I'm about to think myself happy, amen, that I'm not going to hell. Are you glad you're not going to hell tonight? Isn't it good to be saved? Hallelujah. I'm talking about worship has to be individual. If not, you'll sit around and look at a crowd like this and you'll say, man, them people's lost their mind. You tell me who else on a Wednesday night is throwing a party like we are. Amen. Isn't that right? Hey, the world don't get drunk on Wednesday. They don't celebrate on Wednesday. They celebrate on Friday or they celebrate on Saturday. And then they're sick all day on Sunday. 
and they can't remember what their weekend was like on Sunday night and then they're miserable on Monday. Oh, but to be a child of God, to be saved tonight, to be born in the family of God, we wake up celebrating. We live every day celebrating the life of Christ, the goodness of God, the mercy of His and grace of His Spirit. Every day with Jesus is a good day. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. And his worship was individual. And then I want to close with this tonight. I told you I'd only probably preach one of them, but you can read the other one when you go home. David's worship was instructive. You see, David, he had some things to, to pass along in his worship. He said, The angel, verse 7, of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. He reminded them of God's guardianship. He reminded them of God's goodness. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That's some pretty good instruction, isn't it? You know, I'm glad on a Wednesday night when I come to this pulpit, on a Wednesday night midweek service, after driving several hours to get here and you working all day to get here, you know what? I'm glad on a Wednesday night I didn't come to tell you anything that I know or that I think. But I'm glad, thank God, I could step in here with some confidence. I'm not talking about arrogance, so you know that. But I'm glad I could come to the pulpit with some assurance. I'm glad you could come sit down in these pews with some assurance that what I have to say to you tonight, it's not my word, but it's His word. I'm telling you, this is God's instruction manual. If all I had tonight was a, a Time Life magazine or something I'd wrote out myself, what good would that be? I'm telling you tonight to be able to take the pages of God's Word and to give some instruction. David was talking about something he knew about. He was telling those men about something he'd experienced. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you, can you imagine being in a cave, not knowing where your next meal's coming from, not knowing where the enemy is at, that he could come walking through the door of that cave at any moment, not knowing if you're going to live to see another sunrise, but in the midst of it all, you're able to say, oh, taste and see see that the Lord is good. I kindly believe the Lord showed up in that cave. I believe that as David began to worship, God began to strum the strings of David's heart and God began to speak to his soul. David looked at them men and said, oh my soul, he's as good in the cave as what he is in the palace. Amen. He's as good when you're on the, th- on the run as what he is when you're sitting on the throne. I'm telling you, friend, God is good on the mountain, but he's good in the valley. He's good in the good times, but he's good in the bad times. He's God and he's just good. Amen. That's instructions that if you've never tasted, then you just don't know tonight. Then he said, oh fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there's no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but now watch this. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You know what I think David looked at that sword and it occurred to David I don't need Goliath's sword I just need God's spirit I just need the Lord God's enough tonight isn't he God will take care of you I don't know why my flesh a lot of times fears and worries about things that 95% of them don't even come to pass very few of them do if the devil can't get you to worry about this, guess what? He'll get you to worry about something else. 
Have you ever got the victory over one thing? I mean, as soon as you got the victory over that, here comes something else. You know why that is? Because that's what the tempter does. He puts the possibilities of things in our mind that with all probability, they'll never come to pass. But he magnifies them, and he makes them so real. And he tries to convince us that there's absolutely no way you're ever going to get out of the predicament that you're in this time. And I want to ask you a question. How many times has he told us that? Yet God, God, the God that sits in the heavens, you know, he just sits back and he allows things to happen that we don't even understand. But he never lets it happen except that it's for our good and his glory. And what gives us comfort is to know that at any moment God can stop it and he can change it at any time. You know, I prayed about something several months ago. And I was coming down the road and I said, Lord, I don't know if you'll do this. I don't even see how you could ever do this. I know you can, but I said the circumstances, I just, I, in a lack of faith, I said, and I was just being honest with the Lord. I said, God, I, this probably isn't going to happen. I said, you just have to let this happen. I just don't even see no way, but I, I'm asking you anyway, would you do this? Would you? I said, God, if you don't do it, I'll still thank you. But I'm asking you, would you? Would you do that? Do you know God did that for me? He didn't have to do it. And I've shouted on that a lot since then. He, there's some other things in my life that he hasn't answered. But when he did that, I think one of the reasons he did that was just to, to prove that I can do anything, no matter how the circumstances look, God changes the circumstances. He always has. He always will. He always does. Tonight, as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you be obedient to God? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're facing, but I know one thing. If you'll come to this altar, whatever that is, if you'll lay it on this altar, and if you'll just worship Him, just worship Him in prayer and say, Lord, I, I'm asking you to help me. I'm asking you to do this. God, I need your help tonight. Lord, I don't see no way. God, can you fix this? Would you fix this? I know you can, but... Would you do it tonight? I'm going to tell you something. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. Do you believe him tonight? Do you have faith? If you'll trust him, he'll do it. While Brother Brian sings, if you need to come, would you come?